Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In May of the year 2000, Rodney Marks, an astrophysicist spending the winter at the South Pole, died suddenly after an acute illness. Because no flights could land during the frigid winter, Mark's body had to be stored for months until late October and then autopsied in New Zealand, Antarctica's nearest neighbor. The mysterious death touched off an international incident. Marks was an Australian working on a U.S. base, and the investigation into his death was being handled in New Zealand. If it turned out to be ruled a homicide, where would the case be tried? It's not a simple question— Despite being the temporary home for thousands of scientific researchers, civilian staffers, and a few hardy tourists, Antarctica is literally a no-man's land. According to the 1961 Antarctic Treaty, the snow-packed continent belongs to no nation, which makes criminal jurisdictions a messy affair. In the United States, if you commit a crime, you are tried by either a state or federal court, depending on the type of crime and where it took place. American courts even have jurisdiction for certain crimes committed outside the nation's borders, like a murder on a ship flying the American flag, or a crime at a U.S. military base or installation overseas. Pretty straightforward. Antarctica, though, is anything but straightforward. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke via email with Dr. Alan Hemmings, an expert on Antarctic governance who spent two winters at the South Pole with the British Antarctic Survey. He explained that there are no clear legal jurisdictions in Antarctica because there are no recognized territories. Seven countries—Argentina, Australia, Britain, Chile, France, New Zealand, and Norway—make pie-shaped territorial claims on the icy wasteland, and the United States and Russia exercise sovereignty at their own research stations. But none of these claims are officially recognized by the Antarctic Treaty, and a few of them even overlap. Instead, the general rule is that a crime committed by a U.S. citizen at a U.S.-owned research facility would be prosecuted in a U.S. court. The same goes for Russia, New Zealand, Japan, or any of the other 29 countries operating research stations in Antarctica. Hemmings said, But if the dead person and the alleged murderer are from different states, that is, countries, and don't recognize each other's claim, and most don't, particularly if the critical events occur away from anybody's station, say at a campsite, then it won't necessarily be clear who has jurisdiction. As far as Hemmings knows, there's never been a criminal prosecution for a murder committed on the continent. That's not to say it's free from violence and vice. The dark and frigid Antarctic winter, coupled with long stretches of isolation and cramped cohabitation, plus heavy drinking, have driven some visitors to the brink. Stories circulate of a Russian man who killed a companion over a chess game, and of a researcher sick with cabin fever who burned down his own station. Ultimately, New Zealand claimed legal jurisdiction in the Marks case, which we mentioned at the top, uh, since it had possession of his body. An investigation uncovered no clear evidence of foul play, so there were no arrests or prosecutions. The leading theory is that Marx drank a batch of bad liquor, as his autopsy showed his body contained lethal traces of methanol. Hemmings believes that in the event of a particularly heinous crime involving citizens from different countries, the parties, quote, will likely cooperate with each other and may very well agree that one of them takes jurisdiction or come up with some imaginative solution. 
But some legal observers are concerned that goodwill and cooperation aren't enough, and that the decades-old Antarctic Treaty needs to be updated before a truly messy crime happens on the ice. In a 2003 paper, Townsend University law professor W. Michael Seganish proposed that the 22 nations that made up a governing committee for Antarctic affairs establish a unified criminal code. Seganish wrote, One cannot easily determine whether an action is a criminal act because of the various countries involved and multiple bases for jurisdiction. This is an intolerable situation for a criminal defendant and violates any reasonable concept of due process. In the absence of such an international agreement, there's no saying how or where an Antarctic murderer would be called to justice. This issue may become increasingly important as more and more nations and corporations eye Antarctica's rich oil reserves for future exploitation. Today's episode is based on the article, Who's in Charge of Investigating Deaths in Antarctica? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Dave Roos. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.